Hello and welcome to Lit Service, where we're fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. I'm Kristen, and a scary first for me was the first time I went skiing like as an adult because I had gone when I was little, and that was not scary at all because eight-year-olds have no fear. And then I went as an 18-year-old, and I thought I was going to die. Mm. It was great. <laughs> I feel like that's consistent with with life. Mm-hmm. All of my children are so excited about things and just don't care. And then I'm like, in 10 years, you're going to realize just how easily you could get hurt. Yep. Um, a scary <laughs> first for me. I feel like everything's a scary first for me because I'm super introverted. And so doing anything for the first time, if I don't have time to like think about it and then like put it together in my brain, like I just freak out. Actually, really fun scary first. Do you remember the first time we ever recorded a podcast? Oh, <laughs> we my goodness. Stop it. <laughs> and it started scary. again a million times. It was awesome. I'm Cameron, and I'm going to go with the first time or I guess the period where I was interviewing for a job for the first time right before I graduated from college. That was mm. awful. Ooh, yeah. I don't know that that gets better, honestly. Maybe it does, but it doesn't for me. (laughs) Second job, third job, nerve-wracking. That's a good answer. I'm Aaliyah, and for me, it would probably be the first time I tried sushi with raw raw fish in it. I'd watched Hmm. way too many documentaries about uh, seafood-borne parasites to be comfortable with that. But it was delicious. I'm a convert. (laughs) So today, we are talking about another potentially scary first thing. Starting a first draft. How do you go about it? What tools do you need? How do you even broach this huge mountain in front of you? It's not that scary when you're prepared. And we're going to talk through some of the things we can do to be prepared to make it go smoothly and what we're hoping to get out of starting to write a first draft. So, guys, how do you start to write a first draft? I mean, for me, you just start writing. That's the worst answer possible. (laughs) But I I mean, I think it is really intimidating to start. And it's really, um, I think people worry too much about it. And that's why it's difficult. And that's why people end up not writing a book. They either start and feel like it's not good enough and then don't go past their first chapter. Or they start and then obsessively, like, edit their first chapter over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's just really important to remember as you're writing to not like put a whole lot of stock in what you're putting on the paper because none of it's permanent and it's okay for you to mess around a little bit and try and like figure out what it is that you're doing without it like there's there's very low stakes here. Cameron, you mentioned that um you feel worried about like wasting words. Mm-hmm. So sort of like you have the opposite reaction to Caitlin where it's like there are high stakes. So how do you deal with that? Well, so let me so I'm commenting on Caitlin's attitude I think that's the healthy way to have it like that's the ideal for me as, as you were alluding to um uh in in general I have this I have this fear of wasting words like if you know if I'm having a day where I'm not feeling super great or I'm tired or work was stressful whatever so I feel like if I sit down and write it's not gonna be up to my normal standard which means I'm just gonna have to go back and rewrite it later and ugh, what's the point so I, I find that very demoralizing so you have the same problem but amplified when you're starting a new book where um, you know you have this feeling like oh this how, however this writing session goes might set the tone for like the whole rest of the project if this goes really badly I might just abandon the whole thing and then you get stressed about it and you think about it too much and then you don't write and the thing never gets written mm-hmm. so I think but going towards what Caitlin was saying what I try to tell myself is that any words you can get down on the page are words that you've written and that's more experience you have as a writer so even if mm-hmm. you write 60,000 words and none of it ends up in a book you're 60,000 words a better writer that doesn't always work for me 
<laughs> well, I mean, I think that there's legitimate, uh, I mean, reason to be worried there because if you are spending your time and effort on something, you want it to be worth your time and effort. And so trying to find some kind of positive thing, if you have to trash 60,000 words, that hurts, right? Yeah. So like um, approaching it that way sounds really super healthy, thinking like I learned a lot from this, even if it's not something I'm going to keep. Very hopeful. Well, and I think that like us as a group, I feel like we have proof that that works, which maybe is tuning <laughs> our own horn a little bit. But like when we started meeting as a writing group, like years and years ago, I had never finished writing a book. And I would say maybe the last, the first three books I wrote were wasted <laughs> words. They're never going to be anything. But now I feel like if I have an idea, I have the capacity to execute that idea in a way that I didn't before. And so I think that's a very honest, optimistic look at things because really experience writing is experience writing. It, it gets you better. Well, I mean, and if you think that you're going to sit down for the first time and have everything be perfect, like nothing works that way. Skiing doesn't work that way. Playing the piano does not work that way. And writing's not going to work that way either. It's, it's slightly different though, isn't it? Because like no one records the first time they play a piano and then look at it years later. But 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 <laughs> your true, words are saved. No, but that way you have you have proof of your progress. <laughs> there's something to be said though for just getting started. Um, you know, we always say with any new habit or any new lifestyle change, an object in motion stays in motion. If you make writing part of your habitual daily routine or weekly routine, or whenever you're able to get away, it does get easier to start. Mm -hmm. Maybe your writing improves a lot, maybe it improves a little, but getting started gets easier the more you do it. Absolutely. Something that really helps me is um, this hasn't been working super well lately, but I used to have set working hours where I was taking it seriously. It was my job. And right now that's slightly different because life situations change. But like, I know that not everybody can do that. You can't be like, here's my, you know, three hours to write or my two hours or my one hour even, but saying like, I'm going to write for 15 minutes and this is an appointment and I have to keep it. Like that can change uh, your trajectory really significantly because it's not like something you can miss. If it's an appointment, you have to do it and you treat it that way. It'll, it'll feel more natural. Also, like a lot of things in writing, um, it's important to try stuff and see what works because i could also see like yeah. if you've got like we'll call say appointment anxiety it could be that oh yeah putting a specific time down might be the worst single thing you could do but you know it depends on Absolutely. Who you are. <laughs> the takeaway from this episode is once again going to be we don't know the answers <laughs> and you just have to figure it out for yourself <laughs> we should rename our podcast <laughs> i will say for me time put in has always been more useful than distance uh, what's anxiety inducing to me is saying I have to crank out 2000 words a day oh, yeah. or whatever it is. And when I don't meet that limit, even if I'm straining, I spend so much time, then I feel like it was a failure. But if I say, okay, I'm going to write for half an hour or I'm going to write for 15 minutes or I'm going to write for two hours, then even if I just sit there and think, or I go back and do a little bit of zero drafting instead of first drafting, it's a successful appointment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's actually what I wanted to say is that I think there are types of pre-writing that double as writing and zero drafting for me is fulfilling both of those functions where it's not actually pre-writing to me, it counts as writing because you're going so specifically into here's what's in a chapter, here's points in dialogue that need to be hit, here's an emotional turn, here's something funny I want to include. Um, and 
that's something that has really helped me feel more confident starting my actual drafting or like the beginning of a book. If I already sort of have a clear idea of what I want in the first chapter or what I want in the whole book, then it's so much easier just to be like, well, here's what I think is a good recipe. I'm just going to go ahead and try and follow it and, and just do that. And that always makes me feel a little bit more confident in how I'm starting. So maybe what we're saying is set a goal. It doesn't have to be a specific goal. There's no set way that you have to do it to start, but set a goal that helps you to feel motivated to write and then stick with it. I think that's a great summary. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't mean to like wrap things up, but. <laughs> well, I'll add in there that generally the more work you put into your zero draft, the easier it is to have direction in your first draft. And so it just depends on where you are on the sliding scale of pantser to plotter. Maybe your first draft turns into your zero draft if you're still brainstorming or maybe your first draft, since you've put in all this legwork in your zero draft, can turn into something that will stick around the bulk of it through later drafts. For me, when I've been having trouble starting my first draft, if I go back and make sure my character motivations are very clear, make sure my point of the story is very clear, then starting the first draft feels a lot more approachable. I also think it's worth pointing out you don't actually have to start at the beginning. Like for a lot of writers, it, it works to write chronologically, but that's not how everybody writes. So if there's a scene you're really jazzed about writing, just start there, write that scene, and then you can edit or revise it later if you need to. But just, just, just start, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. There are two, like, that's how Marissa Meyer wrote Twilight. She had a dream about a vampire. Marissa Meyer did not write Twilight. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Come You're on. Right. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Sorry, I get the Meyers. I, I know who they are individually. They don't write books that are anything like each other. And I, sorry, nobody kill me. Stephanie Meyer had a dream about a vampire, and she wrote the second half of the book before she wrote the first half of the book. Say what you will about the book. Many people like it a lot. It made um, lots and- of people money. And it made lots of people money, and I had a lot of fun reading that book out loud to to my now husband when we were dating, and it made us – it wasn't written for us. It was written for people much younger than us. So it I loved it when bit. I was in high exactly. school. Exactly. It was written for me. <laughs> yes, it was written for a specific age group, and I was too old for it, but it was still really fun, and all the vampire stuff was fun. Anyway, and then also, um, Shannon Hale always says, my first draft is shoveling sand into a sandbox, and I make the sandcastles later. That's totally botched. But... Oh, that's a great quote. I've never heard yeah, that. That's a good one. So that's our time for today. Cameron, do you have any final words of wisdom? as a sum up up for our audience. When you're starting a book, it's really helpful to have a goal. What that goal should be is going to vary from person to person, but it's good to have something to aim for and then realize that any work you put towards that goal, regardless of what you end up doing with it later, is work that you've put in that you will learn from and benefit from. And there you have it, folks. You got this. If you enjoyed today's show, remember to follow and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform and tell your friends. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at litservicepodcast at gmail.com or learn more on our site at litservicepodcast.wixsite.com slash litnation. You can also find special stenciled editions of books from our guests on our store there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.